The Breaker is in this house this morning. The Breaker is in this house this morning. The Breaker is in this house this morning. From the first note to the last, the Breaker is in this house. Oh, 
searched and found but there is nothing better than our God come on he is the name above all names he is the one to be exalted this morning and I've looked and I've looked and I've chased and I've chased and I've sought and I've sought but there is nothing better than our God and also and our with God there is nothing that is not possible anything is possible this morning with with the Lord can we just praise our can we just raise our hands for just a moment and God, we just thank you this morning. God, we know that everything is possible with you, God. There is nothing better than you, God. We know, God, that we may have, we may have walked in this morning with something, God. But God, as we praise you and we lift your name through it all, God, you begin to move in that issue this morning, God. As we exalt your name, as we enter your courts with thanksgiving, God, with praise this morning, God. We just thank you, God, that nothing is impossible with you today, God. That you see all things, God. And we just thank you this morning. Oh, 
one more chance to shake it off this morning. Come on, there is freedom in this house today. Now all of my fear, I will turn into praise.
You're the God who brings joy. You're the God who gives us strength. When we are weak, when we are burdened, you're our healer. You're our provider. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper. And we honor you today. That same God, you're the same God. Come on, can you just sing your song for just a second? He wants to hear your voice. We sing to you, Jesus. Just call on the name of Jesus. it being since he's heard your voice You are a 
may be seated for just a moment in his presence. This is the beginning of, a, of the week of gratitude. This is the beginning of the week when we offer up praise and thanksgiving to God. Every week should be that for a Christian, but this is a special time of year when we get to give special thanks to him. And while there are many here this morning who could give special thanks to him, I wanted Melanie to come and share very quickly what she shared in class Wednesday night, and uh, Molly to come and share what you shared in class Wednesday night, 
and let's, uh, girls come on now, please. And um, uh, while they're sharing that, how many of you know that God's been good to you? Yes. Well, why don't we all just testify for just a minute? Ready? <laughs> let's testify this way. There's a roof up above me. Sing it. I've a good place to sleep. There's food on my table. There's food on my table. And shoes on my feet. And shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord. You gave me your love, Lord. And a fine family. And a fine A good church family. So thank you, Lord. that so much. Let's do it one more time. There's a roof up above me. I'm a good place to sleep. Stir up some gratitude this morning. this morning. So Wednesday night we were giving some opportunities for praise offerings and we felt like you needed to hear these. These girls are going to be brief but to the point, right? <laughs> As most of you know, I sell uh, memorials, grave markers, and tombstones three days a week. Uh, there was a guy came in on Monday to make a down payment on his wife's tombstone and we were talking and he was uh, still grieving had tears just running down his face and we uh, started talking about uh, church God and everything and I asked him was he in church and did he have a relationship with the Lord and he said you know I really don't and and I told him uh, about a couple of churches, including this, that he could attend. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, Molly, don't tell him about waiting until Sunday. You can lead him to the Lord now. So I said, uh, Nelson, would you like to be a Christian now? Would you like to have Jesus come into your heart? And he said, yes. Matter of fact, I would. And I said, well, you don't have to wait till Sunday. We can do it right now. So we did. We led him to the Lord. The greatest blessing of all, salvation. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm a nurse at Scotland, and on my unit, one of the things that we're doing right now is RSV for um, little babies right now is a respiratory illness that's causing them to have trouble breathing, and we've had several kids on our unit, and we had this one little girl um, she was on high flow oxygen, which for a child is a lot of oxygen when they're on high flow and, and they become a critical patient. And this little girl was on um, 12 liters of oxygen, which is a lot of oxygen for a little child. And she was on that for a couple of days and we tried weaning her down through the night. 
couldn't get her down. She came right back up and was having respiratory distress again. And we have prayer at our huddle every morning. Our, our team gets together and kind of goes over what's going on for the day, and then we have prayer. And that morning, we had prayer for her, specifically for her, called her out by name, and had prayer for her. And that was at 645. She was on 12 liters of oxygen at that time. And um, because she was getting worse and worse, I had told my charge nurse that I, I needed her to talk to the doctor to get that girl off the unit. We needed her transferred out. I was not going to be in the hospital. I was going to be in another area of the hospital and wasn't going to get to be on the unit. So I told her I needed her to press the doctor to get that patient off the unit. It was She was getting a little more than we could handle. And that was at 8.30. And so at 10 o'clock, I called back over there to see if I needed to go over and talk to the doctor about making sure she got off the unit at 10 o'clock, she was on two liters of oxygen, no longer on high flow. And to add to this story, um, since this has happened, that was Wednesday. Thursday, she came off oxygen. Friday, she went home. So she is at home. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. He's still the same God. He's still the same God. And we're believing this morning, if you would just stir up some gratitude in your heart, then you can see miracles. Gratitude precedes miracles. Gratitude and thanksgiving preceded Jesus raising people from the dead. So if you've got things that are dead in your life today, let's stir up some gratitude. We're going to sing about that. And we're just going to say, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Stir up some thanksgiving and some gratitude this morning. Amen. Amen. Before we start singing this morning, um, I was speaking to the youth Wednesday night, and I was talking out of Luke chapter 2, and I was going through the scripture and got to verse 51 and 52, where it talks about how Jesus grew in wisdom with God and with men. And I was just encouraging the young people to not only just live your life in the moment, right now. Because as we saw Jesus from a young age, 12 years old or so, up until he was 30, he was pursuing his calling. He was going after everything that he knew he needed to do. He was totally in tune with God, with the Spirit of God. And so I was encouraging the young people. and. We were in men's breakfast this morning, and we were just all going around saying what we were thankful for. And Brother Freddie spoke up and he said, when I didn't want God, he didn't leave me. And I had to pause and I had to write that down. And that just kind of took me back because there's been moments in, I'm sure, all of our lives where we just told God that we did not want him. But he didn't leave. So when we sing this song today, let's just sing it from our heart with, the, with a spirit of gratitude to God. And just worship here in this place. Let's just put away anything that's not right here in this moment. Let's just put it away. And let's just worship. 
so good. He's so faithful. Let's just throw up our hands one more time and praise Him again. Throw up my hands. Praise thanks to you, God. Stir up gratitude in us, oh God. We stir up gratitude in our hearts today. We give you thanks for you are good. And we praise you because you're God all the time. Throw up my hands. Throw up my hands. And praise you again and again. Yes. Because all that I have is a Welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. Welcome to all our faith family. We want to say a big welcome to our online congregation. Let's give them a big hand. Yes. There's many places they could choose to have church with this morning. They chose to join us, and we're thankful for that. And if you're a first-time attender this morning, if this is your first time at Northview Harvest Ministries, there is a form on the back of your bulletin. It just tears off very easily. It's perforated. It says, first time here. And if you will fill that out, and at the end of the service, in the foyer to your right, there's a welcome center. We have some wonderful um, care ministry teams there. If you would take that to the welcome center, we have a gift for you. So we hope that you will take advantage of that. There's information about the church and a gift in there for you. So we hope that you will take advantage of that today. Um, please, faith family, read your bulletin. There's lots of great things in here, great things that are going on. Um, I was asked to give a little announcement. So Parents' Night Out, that is on Friday, December 2nd, we need you to sign up by next Sunday. Okay, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to uh, leave your kids here and run some errands or have a date night or just have quiet, they will take care of your kids for you for a donation. So please sign up at the Welcome Center by next Sunday. So today, 
from four to seven, we will be having Be the Church. And for those of you who may not know what that is, we're gearing up for Christmas Hope with Restoring um, Harvest, Restoring Hope Center is gearing up for Christmas Hope. I got it out. And um, we're got, we have some good things for you to do to help us with that. So if you can meet at the warehouse today at Restoring Hope Center, um, we would love to have your help from four to seven if you would um, help us do that. It's a great time. Y'all, it's not just helping out, but it's a good fellowship time. It's a good time of building community. Also, um, our women's ministries has been selling nuts for the holidays, and we hope you have been getting those. We have a few bags left. Not much. We are thankful they have just been flying off that table out there, but there are a few bags left, so if you'd like to get those, today is going to be our last day for selling those, so please get the rest of them out there. I don't think there's many bags left at all, so thank you for supporting that. That money is going to Vision for Education. Um, that money is for our colleges that our denomination supports, and so we would. Um, it's a great, great cause for that. Also, uh, Wednesday night we will have our Thanksgiving service, so there will be no classes, only nursery, and everybody will meet in here Wednesday night. So we would love to see you then. So, how many of you are excited to give today? How many of you are thankful that you get to give? Yes, yes, we're thankful for that. So if you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward. If you'll just raise your hand, they will bring one to you. As they are doing that, I just want to thank you to all of you that give so faithfully to this ministry. Thank you for giving. Thank you for however you give. If you choose to give online, through Pushpay, through our website, if you bring it here on Sunday mornings, if you bring it here, if you mail it here, we just want to thank you for giving. Thank you for all that you do to make everything that we do here possible, and we're very, very grateful for that. All right, I'm going to ask my ushers to come forward. I'm grateful for our church, and I'm grateful for all of you, and I'm grateful for our opportunity to give. Are you? Yes, you know, God commands us to give the tithe and the offering, but... As you give, you start giving out of a heart of gratitude because you are so thankful for all that he's done for you and you're so thankful for your church. So as we come this morning, if you would stand, as we come this morning, give with a grateful heart. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, right? Amen. So come and give with a grateful heart this morning.
yes, 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 yes. How many of you today would like to acknowledge that the Lord is your provider? Yes. And since he is your source and he is unlimited, that means you're unlimited. Come on now. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Look at two people, tell them, say, you are unlimited in Christ. <laughs> Does anybody know what today's date is? Anybody know what today's date is? The 20th. Let me read you three verses over this offering from Psalms 20. Today's date. So when you get home today, I want you to go home and mark this in your Bible. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Look at two people and say, don't, don't be scared. Don't be nervous. Don't be anxious. And look, I don't want to bust anybody's little hyper faith bubble, but everybody in here is going to have some days of trouble. It's not that it's not going to happen. The fact is, though, God is in charge when it does happen. Somebody give him a praise. See, how many of you understand this? You can take a penny out of your pocket, stand in front of the Empire State Building and look at that big, massive building, and then you can put that penny up in front of your eye, and the closer you get to your eye, you get to the point that little tiny penny can block that massive structure. Imagine that penny is like your problems and the building is like God. As long as you're looking at the building by itself, it's huge. But as soon as you start focusing too much on the problem, you lose sight on what's really bigger. I ain't getting no help up in here. So the psalmist says, I, I love these. This, this is one of my favorite passages. So. Alan, when I woke up this morning, I thought about what today is. And normally when I, today's date, I follow through the Psalms in my morning devotional time with that date. So when I thought, what's today's date? And I thought it's the 20th. I got excited because I knew already where I was going. May the Lord answer you. May he answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. High five two people, tell him he's got you. Woo, that ought to make somebody just breathe a little easier right there, y'all. He's got you. Okay, that's the first verse. Ready for the second verse? I told you I'm just doing three. May he send you help from the sanctuary. Hold up now, what happens in the sanctuary? You gotta understand what the Bible says. The sanctuary is where the spirit, the manifest presence of the Lord would come down and dwell, speak with Moses. So what the psalmist is saying, may that indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, may the anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes, may that come and help you out of the sanctuary. May he send you 
help from the sanctuary. Listen now, and may he strengthen you out of Zion. Zion is the place where the 24-7 worship is going on. God will strengthen you out of pure worship. And then verse 3, look what he says. May he remember, ready? May he. Every one of these verses has got that word may. May he remember, ready, 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 listen. May he remember all your offerings. You don't give, you're giving nothing, you're putting nothing there for him to remember. For those of you who give in tithes and offerings, if ever slackness or lackness comes to your household in health or money or whatever else, you need to pull this verse out. <coughs> I don't care if you write it on a piece of notebook paper and put it down on the floor and stand on it in the room and lift your voice and say, may the Lord remember all my offerings. Mm-hmm. And accept your burnt sacrifice, which is your form of worship, Selah. So Father, today we thank you. Thank you for hope and consolation. Hope, 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 hope. Out on the wall in this foyer, it says this is a place of hope. And because we're a bunch of people who came in here and gathered together in the name of Jesus in a place of hope, we are a people of hope. So God bless this offering today. And Lord, I just speak over every dime, every dollar, every check, every text to give that comes into this house. I release Psalms 20 and verse three. May the Lord remember all your offerings. In Jesus' name. Somebody give him a big thanks today, would you? Come on, has God been good to anybody besides me today? It's Thanksgiving week. As mom, pastor, please said earlier, it's gratitude week. How many of y'all grateful for that turkey and dressing and gravy and peas and beans and cornbread and collard greens? How many of y'all ready for all that waiting for y'all? Them layered cakes and those pies and that, that prayer of repentance that we all gonna be praying late Thursday evening, Lord forgive us for we knew what we did. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you would take a deep breath. Boy, I'm gonna tell y'all what. Men, men, raise your hand and wave it at me. Men, just wave. I ain't, this, I'm not putting you on the spot. Men, I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, we got some awesome stuff God is doing here at Northview Harvest Ministries. I understand the ladies, the ladies ministries had a meeting the other week. How many did y'all have? 60? It's close to 60? Wow. I understand the youth group's been hitting around in the 40s on, on Wednesday nights over at the youth building. Wow. And uh, in, we have a men's class on Wednesday night back we call it the council room it's the children's church room and uh, I'm sorry ladies but eventually we're going to have to switch rooms because we're running out of room we're going to have to come in here and depose y'all y'all going to have to go over to the little room we, we need the space 
Well, I feel like I'm by myself when I said that. I, I, I thought I was going to get some help from my brothers, but... Uh, okay, well, let me back up and come at that from a different angle. Keep my back to the wall. God is doing something dynamic in our men. And uh, we are. That room is, is filled. Wednesday night, last few Wednesday nights, it's just filled and... We keep having to pull chairs out. Brothers are sitting around in the, in the aisles, not behind the tables, but at the ends of the tables, and, and uh, that's a good thing. So I am excited about that, ladies, because I love y'all, and I was joking about taking your space. We won't make y'all go in the little room. We're just going to make y'all go outside and sit in the yard. But <laughs> <clears throat> We men would have to sit in the yard first, right, ladies? I, and we would because chivalry is not dead in this house, I tell you that right now. But God is doing something dynamic in, in the men. And the reason I appreciate that is, ladies, because we appreciate you and we honor you and, and the ministry that God uses you to do in the kingdom. Whether it's preaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's administrating, uh, working a job, uh, running a household, whatever you do, ladies, we honor you. Now, men, y'all better make some noise. Oh, they'll wait now. But at the same time, we acknowledge it as men that God made a covenant with in Genesis chapter 2. And it is men that carry a heavy anointing upon them. Should we say an anointing with a heavier degree of responsibility? Because you ladies are anointed too. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is ladies, I want you to be praying for our men. That God would make in us what he wants us to be. So men, we all are gonna do the faith statement here, but I especially want the men to let people around you sound off like we do it in our class because we are warriors. We're not wimps. We're not Boy Scouts. We're soldiers. Amen. And we're ready to stand in the anointing that God has called us to walk in. So would you say with me? We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything. Not somehow, but... Come on, give him a praise today, would you? Here's what we're doing today, folks. Your hashtag, if you're gonna help me out and promote this on social media, today your hashtag is gonna be faithful. So put the hashtag faithful and be sure to... Uh, Hit the location thing for Northview Harvest Ministries. And my assignment to you for today and for this week, since we are going into Thanksgiving week, uh, I am going to be sharing with you, I am thankful for God's faithfulness. Is there anybody else apart from Tim Hodge who is thankful for God's faithfulness today? I am probably in the next few weeks, Wednesday night, I, I would like for everybody to be here if you can. Uh, our youngest son, Jordan, is going to be coming in. He's going to be the uh, Thanksgiving turkey this year on our Wednesday night before Thanksgiving service. I was the Thanksgiving turkey for a long, long, long time. 
But I've been feeling the Lord kind of lead me in a direction over the next few weeks as we go into the holiday season. I'm going to take certain hymns, and that hymn is going to be my launching pad for the service that day. Let me back up and tell you a story before we get into the text or anything. Now, some of y'all are a little bit more chronologically mature than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, Jim. Some of y'all are uh, about my age, and some of y'all are a whole lot younger, so I'm about to lay a year out. Nathan, why are you nodding so hard over there? So I'm about to lay a year out that some of y'all are going to be like, I got to look that year up on the History Channel. In the year of 1987, how many of y'all remember 1980? Some of y'all smiling too hard like, what? He's that old? I saw some of those looks. I'm looking at y'all. 1987. In 1987, Kim and I had been married, and we were married August the 17th, 1985, on Lees Mill Road in the old Northview Pentecostal Holiness Church on a summer August day when it was sweltering hot and it was cloudy and stormy looking. Though it never stormed or rained, I don't think, it looked like at any moment it could happen. That's how well I remember my wedding day. Okay, man, that was another opportunity for y'all to help me, but the Lord have mercy. I'm talking to all y'all Wednesday night, okay? <clears throat> so two years later, Kim and I got married. We went on our honeymoon down to Florida, and we came back up, and we packed all of our stuff uh, in Maxie Burris's pickup truck and my car and her mama's car, and we moved off to Greenville, South Carolina, four hours away from everybody, and to attend four years of college at Holmes Bible College. One of the best things that could have ever happened to us is we moved away from everybody. You know, you know why I'm saying that? Because we had to grow to we had to grow up together. And we had to grow in God together. And we, it forced us to expand ourselves to make friends with other people that lived in the apartment complexes that we live in. Sometimes one of the worst things you can do is get married and stay too close to your family. Is this working? <laughs> two years after that, after I'd been in Bible college for two years, I was, uh, had fulfilled certain qualifications to get my minister's license. So that summer, that June, when we went to conference session at Lake City in, in, our, in the South Carolina Conference, which we are a part of, of the International Pentecostal Holiness Church, on that, uh, that day of that conference session, which was, I believe, in May. Sorry, I said June, but I believe it was May. They brought all the folks in there that were going to be licensed or ordained. I was up for my license, my minister's license. So you've got this whole big old giant tabernacle, if you've ever been down there, in this big old high stage. So they had, they bring people up there, the candidates one at a time. So they brought me and Kim up and they set us down. If, if you're on the stage, we were on this side, two chairs, set me and Kim there. And all the delegates and officials, all these, you know, big wigs, they, they gather around you and they pray over you. Now that's cool, right? They anoint you with oil. Now they give you a little prayer shawl, you know, and they do all that stuff. We didn't, I didn't get a prayer shawl. I'm salty. I want my prayer shawl. I want grandfathered in to the prayer, claw, prayer shawl clause. So let me tell you, here's the thing. So after they prayed, I don't even, I think it was Bishop B.E. Underwood was the, was the bishop of the denomination at the time. And this, listen, 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 you ready? He said, has anybody got a word for Brother Tim? 
So we're sitting there in front of all these hundreds of people up on the stage. These people prayed over you. And we, we, it was paused there for a minute, and I was like, well, the Lord ain't going to give me no word today. <laughs> and then Brother Donald Duncan, who was our conference bishop superintendent at the time, he said, I feel like the Lord's given me a word for Brother Tim. And Brother Duncan's a soft-spoken gentleman, so he took the microphone, and this is what he said. He said, I feel the Lord is saying that Brother Tim is going to be a compassionate minister. And he went on and he said some more stuff, but I'm gonna be honest with you. When he said God's going to cause Brother Tim to be a compassionate minister, Ricky, I cut him off at that point. Because let me tell you, at that point, I was a cold hard, calloused person. Because I was a person that grew up in a psychological shell. That if it was tough on you, if you were in pain, suck it up and do what you got to do. Anybody else ever been like that way? You get hurt, you cut your fingers hanging on by a thread, get duct tape, you'll be all right. Honest to goodness, that was my mentality. If you're in pain, then suck it up, man. Do what you got to do. So when he said God's going to make Brother Tim a compassionate minister, this is no joke. Do y'all remember in the Bible it talks about, you know, when the Lord came down and was talking to Abraham and he said, you know, you know, this time your wife's gonna have a son and Abraham's like 90-year-old, 89-year-old wife is in a tent listening through the tent wall and when the Lord says that your wife's gonna have a son, she chuckles. And God says, I heard you. Listen, when Brother Duncan said that, when he said, you're gonna be a compassionate minister, on my inside, I chuckled. And in my mind, I said, bro, you must be dialed into somebody else's, but you dialed the wrong number on this guy because that's not a compassionate bone in my body. If anything, I'm gonna be a driver, not a, not a compassionate person. That was, what year did I say, 1987? One year later, How many of y'all know Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. <laughs> He's not looking at where you are. He's looking at where he can take you. Now hold on just a minute. He's not just looking at where you are, where he can take you. He's not just looking at what you are, but he's looking at what he can make 
you. So, <clears throat> going into my junior year at Bible college, got this word, never thought really any more about it because I'm thinking this dude just totally missed it. He, he gave a word, you know, sometimes people miss it. <clears throat> I go back to school, <clears throat> go through that year, finishing up my junior year, and we just got out for summer break. But right before we got out for summer break, one day in chapel, they sang the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I would to God, everybody under the sound of my voice could understand what I'm about to tell you. Let me ask a question this way. Have any of you ever heard a song, a worship song, or a hymn? I don't care if it's new or old, but when you heard it, it unlocked something. It's almost like you could feel something open up in your spirit, man, deep inside where nobody else can see x-rays, MRIs, ultrasounds, can't detect it, but deep in the inner well of your soul, that song made something bubble up and you could almost feel it. And you couldn't get enough of that song and you couldn't get away from that song. And even if you're like me, my wife says if I hear a song and I like it, I can't remember, I just make it up. She's like, shit baby, that's not how the song goes. I'm like, well that's the way it goes now. That's the way it goes with me. How many of you ever heard the song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness? So we're in my junior year, about to wrap up, about to go out to summer break, and we sing this song. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever will be great is Thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided great is summer and winter and springtime and harvest 
Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy and love come on if he's been faithful to you sing it with me great is great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is I want to do this last verse, if you would, with me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth Just sing it for me like you mean it now. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning. faithful to you would you just show him some gratitude and some love today <clears throat> now remember 1987 the word was given you'll be a compassionate minister which I laughed 1988 let me tell y'all something God's working on his time frame y'all and he's working his way. And don't you try to put him in a box and don't you try to presuppose what he's gonna do and how he's gonna do it. 1988, the Lord puts this song in my soul and I can't stop singing it. Terry, I mean, I can't stop singing it. 
we came home shortly after on that, that summer break and we came home for a few days. That seemed like it was a weekend or something. And uh, my mama got me an opportunity to fish at a family friend's private pond in McCall, outside McCall. Y'all know that huge metropolis right across the state line. <clears throat> Careful, James Earl. So we go out to that pond that morning and she, she, don't, she doesn't fish. But because she understands how amazing and wonderful and marvelous her only child is. As some of you mothers will understand, she just wants to be out there with her son since she don't get to see him that much. So we take her a chair or something. She's sitting out under the shade tree and I'm just making my way around this little private pond just casting out fishing. And I'm, I'm around and she's all the way across the pond. But how many of y'all know way sound waves carry good cross water right so I'm out there and I'm singing this song I don't remember if my how it exactly happened but she hollered and she asked me she said what are you singing and I told her and she said sing it again so I just kept singing that song Pastor Faye over and over and over again we go back home we, we go back to Greenville where home was and a week or so later, we go and we have dinner with our neighbors who lived in an apartment beside us. And I got home that night healthy as a horse, still strong. Man, I'm, I'm the motivated one. You know, pain, you know, pain is your friend. It's weakness leaving the body, man. I'm the one that would meet you at the gym and you pushing out three or four extra above your set and I'm screaming in your face, give me two more. If you're not feeling it, you're not doing it right. That night after we had that dinner, we got home. And somewhere late that night or early over in the morning, I woke up sick as a dog, running a fever, had chills. About a week later, some of you have heard me tell this story. At 3 o'clock in, in the morning, 3 a.m., the true witching hour. I know because I rolled over and looked at the clock. At 3 o'clock in the morning, Keith hadn't been having any pain whatsoever. It felt like Jason Voorhees came in there with a machete and chopped my left foot off in the bed. Honest to God, truth, standing here with my hand on a Bible, woke me out of a dead sleep, felt like somebody had just dropped that ax full blow across my left ankle. I rolled over, looked at the clock, I tried to get up, and when I sat up and my foot, my foot touched the floor. Charles, I didn't put any pressure on it, it just touched the floor. I almost screamed out in pain. Mr. Suck It Up. Finally about, it was about 6 a.m. in the morning, I couldn't tolerate the pain anymore. And, and I'm the dude that broke my jaw in two places in, in, in uh, my senior year of, of high school. We were playing football. We played tackle, man, we played real football. In the yard. And we got a game going on up at the McCall Pentecostal Holiness Church out there with their uh, basketball thing is now in that grassy area. That's what we used to play. And I hit a dude and I broke my jaw in two places, right there and right there. You know what I did? Mr. Tough as Nails, I got up. My house was what? Mama, Daddy, what's our house? Daddy, what's your house? Like five houses down? Three, four, somewhere. It's just right down the street behind the church. I got up, spit out blood, spit out a piece of a tooth, and ran down to my house, snatched my mouthpiece off my football helmet because I had it at home, threw it in my mouth, and I went running out the door to go back and get some more of that. 
And when I ran off my porch and looked up, there's an ambulance up there loading Bob Berkmeyer. Because he done got his knee tore up. I can take pain. Lord have mercy, the next morning though, my mama had fixed my daddy some grits and eggs before he went to work and there was some left over. So before I was going to school, after I broke my jaw, she, uh, she had some left over. I thought, well, I'll finish that up. She was outside hanging up clothes. I'll never forget it. And uh, how many of you know when, you, when your teeth are like about a quarter inch over, you know something ain't right in your face? <clears throat> Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah, you know something's wrong. Yeah, so when you try to eat an egg and the egg is causing you pain, you know something ain't right, okay? I can take pain, but boy, uh-uh, not, not when whatever happened to my ankle. No, 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 this was beyond, this is beyond pain. So about three o'clock or, or six o'clock, three hours later, I finally woke her up. I said, baby, I'm sorry to bother you. You sleeping good? I said, but something's wrong. We got to go to the emergency room. We went there and the doctor took a look at it and, and uh, he said, well, you probably just got a stress fracture because I've been playing basketball and stuff with the neighborhood kids out there in the apartments and stuff and just, just messing around. <clears throat> well, that, he said, just take it easy, keep it wrapped, keep it elevated, take, take a few days off. Well, that was a great diagnosis, Doc, because about two days later, the right ankle did the same thing. And then whatever it was started moving up my body to my knees, to my hips, to my shoulders, to my elbows, to my hands. My feet blew up like the elephant man. I couldn't walk. And so for the next year, that was my predicament. When my senior year started and I was able to get into school, we had to wear suit and tie at homes then. That was your, you had to wear suit and tie. Tell them, Tracy, every day, suit and tie. No facial hair, no, no ears, no hair touching the ears, no hair on your collars. It was four years of boot camp. I couldn't get shoes on my feet. You know what I had to do? I would have a suit on, a tie on. I'd be on crutches with a book bag, and I had to take basketball shoes and pull the laces out. Out. Not loosen them. Out. To get shoes on my feet. And here I'd go shuffling up that hill best I could because you know what I had to press through this thing and finally a doctor looked at me after we went to several specialists he said you're going to be like this the rest of your life Mr. Hodge and, and I remember I went home and I laid across the bed and I began to weep and I said God I can't live like this I mean I was engrossed if you've ever been in chronic pain if you haven't been in it, you don't understand this, but you can be in such physical, chronic pain that after a while, it becomes a mental torment, which is as painful as the physical torment is. But you know what I kept doing? I kept saying, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, morning by morning, New mercies I see. And you know what I did? I kept believing God that God was gonna heal my body. 
I'd drag my little self and Kim would drive me. Lord have mercy, that was a whole test of my faith right there. Your wife driving, my wife driving me around in Greenville, South Carolina. We had a big old 79 Chevrolet Caprice and one day she was taking me to a doctor's appointment. I'll never forget, it was around 12, 12.30. We going down Haywood Boulevard near the mall. She's cutting in and out of that traffic and I'm sitting there and maybe I shouldn't have said this out loud but you know, sometimes I don't have good sense anyway. I looked at her and I said, if the Lord don't hurry up and heal me, you are gonna kill me. I don't know if I was trying to spur her on in love or help the Lord hurry up and get me out of this situation. But I want to tell you something, folks. Look at here. Listen, listen, listen. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, uh, verses 21, 22, and 23, written by the prophet Jeremiah, who wrote the, uh, the, uh, the, the previous book of the Bible, the book of Jeremiah, but the book of Lamentations. How many of y'all know Lamentations to lament means to wail or to cry? So Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he would prophesy against the sins of Judah, against the sins of Israel, specifically Judah, the southern kingdom where he lived at, where the city of Jerusalem was at. And he kept telling them, y'all, if you don't repent, if you don't quit your wickedness, if you do not return to God, he is going to punish you. Your city, our capital, Jerusalem. For us, I guess it would be Washington, D.C. Our capital is gonna fall by a foreign enemy that God is gonna raise up to pass judgment. And so he is steadily, steadily preaching this message, but at the same time, he is saying, if you will, if you will come to God, if you will repent, he will be faithful to forgive your sins. So this same God, this is where the song lyrics came from actually. Look what it says. Hold on, let me give you, if you read the, from chapter three, verse one all the way through, he starts out with stuff that he is personally going through as the prophet, he, the hardship. See, cause let me tell you something folks, let me go and give you a little heads up. If America falls under judgment, don't think it's just gonna be the unsaved that's gonna face the price, pay the price and face the penalty. When America faces judgment for its backslidden condition against God, don't think it's just don't think just cause you're Republican that it's gonna hit the Democrats, or don't think just cause you're a Democrat it's gonna hit just the Republicans. Is this still working? When God passes judgment on America, it's coming on America and all Americans. And, and let me go ahead and tell you something. If you stand up for what is right, probably going to have a little extra harder time because folk not going to like you. In fact, Jeremiah was a true, he was a weeping prophet. He was a compassionate prophet. Listen to me, y'all. And so in all of this, he had people, believe it or not, that didn't like his preaching. They locked him up. They put him in prison. They beat him. Uh, they threw him in a pit that had some of the princes, the king's sons, grown sons, and, and guys that had been appointed as princes over regions, they would come to the king and ask the king, we want you to execute Jeremiah. We want you to put him to death and get this, get this. You want to check this out. Not only that, they said you need to execute him because he's bad for national morale. Because he's calling the nation to repent. 
Well, I'm going to tell you what, folks. If that's the case, then I might as well go ahead and get me some uh, wanted posters made up with my picture and save somebody some print and press time. Because let me tell you something. America needs to repent. America is facing impending judgment at any moment. We can't do all that America is doing. America can't swat. We can't watch what is happening in this nation and sit back and be quiet and hope it'll go away or hope that God's not seeing it because God... God is a righteous judge and he's taken good records of it all. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. In spite of whatever Jeremiah faced, in all of that stuff, in all of those previous uh, like 19 verses, he talks about how his bones are crushed inside of him, it feels like. He talks about how he can't sleep. He talks about how all the oppression he's undergoing. Are we together here? But then look when he gets over here to verse 21. This I recall to my mind. Look at somebody and say, sometimes you gotta just wake up. Can I talk just a minute here? I understand it's 12.08 by that clock that I don't ever look at. Listen to me, listen to me well. Are we together here? Because sometimes we've just gotta shake ourselves and we've gotta say, look at here, what you're facing is not bigger than God. Remember the Empire State Building and the penny? Sometimes we need to flip that thing around and we need to say, God, forgive me for looking so much at the problem. Forgive me for looking so much at the circumstances. Forgive me for looking so much at the cause of the errors. Let me see you. Oh my God, somebody ought to get up and run in here. Look what he says. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Hold up, hold up, hold up. And what was he saying? He was saying in the first 19 verses, he's feeling hopeless. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what hopeless will do. Hopeless will be like a spiritual cancer to your soul. But listen here. He says, I'm gonna recall who God is. I'm gonna recall how faithful God is and hope will arise. Because can I tell you, God is not dependent on your circumstances. Your circumstances are dependent on God. And what the enemy means for your harm, God will turn it around for your good. Somebody give him a praise. Even in my personal testimony, when I told you about that year that I was crippled, remember that year before that when the man gave the man of God gave the word of the Lord. Brother Tim is going to be a compassionate minister, and I scoffed. Let me tell you something. After being crippled for a year, after being in constant chronic pain, I used to work, I used to go to school, y'all. Get out of work, get out of school, and go work two and three jobs. I'd work till midnight. I was skinny then. I'd come home, and Kim would have the kitchen full of cooked food. That's why I went from bloop to bloop. The woman could cook. She didn't put just a ham sandwich out there. She'd have like pinto beans and pork chop and cornbread. Well, it wasn't really cornbread. It was Jiffy Corn Muffin mix, but that's the closest we could get. I ain't never had Jiffy Corn Muffin mix till I was married, y'all. She called me at work. She said, I got you some pinto beans and cornbread. And when you get home, I was like, oh, Jesus, this married life is good. Yes, Lord. Hey! So I, I got home, walking out a little back door and there's a stove. I mean, you come in the door, it's like, whoop, there it is, right there, right, baby? 
there's that big old pot boy. You can smell them pinto beans walking up the back porch. I was like, yes, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. And they ain't even written a song yet, and I'm singing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so she's about, it's late. It's like 1130 midnight, and, and I'm fixing this pot of, you know, I'm, I'm fixing this bowl and uh and, and i'm looking around I, I see this little i'm like oh she made uh she made cupcakes too she just had put icing on them <laughs> if i'm lying i'm frying i'm like she made cupcakes she gonna put some icing on it we can have cupcakes for dessert and i said baby where's the cornbread she said this on the stove i said ain't no cornbread up in here she walked in here, she said, yeah, this right there in that pan. I said, that ain't cornbread. <laughs> All right, somebody guard that side of the room. I'm exiting out over here. <laughs> but let me tell you something, folks. Let me tell you something. When God said you will be a compassionate minister, that next year brutally, brutally crushed me. And I'm the guy that used to say, suck it up and move on. Do what you gotta do, man up. Pain is your friend, it's just weakness leaving the body. I found out pain is not your friend. You can get to a place that pain will totally demolish you. I know what it's like, folks, for the doctor to hold a bottle of pills up and say, we're gonna give you these. It will give you some relief, but you can only take it for so long because it will start eating your stomach lining out. This is how potent this drug is. But I have gotten to the place that pain was so great, I didn't care if it killed me tomorrow. Just give me some relief today. If you haven't been there, you don't understand what I'm talking about. But let me tell you something, folks. I remember dragging in Kim and I would be going to our little church we were working at and I remember hobbling on those crutches doing my little old man shuffle and I would get up on that altar and I would pray, man, I would pray, I would cry and I would weep. But let me tell you something, folks, one day something began to shift in my body and what the doctors found out is actually from that virus that I had, remember when I told you we ate with the neighbors and got sick that night? That virus had certain protein markers in it that matched the protein markers of my cartilage. So my body's white blood cells were actually going to eat that virus and then mistook my cartilage for an alien something in my body and my body was actually eating itself from the inside. But let me tell you something about God. Hallelujah. Let me, hey, hey, let, thank y'all for everybody. About 20 people came out and helped, uh, helped move Lee and Ashley Oxendine and stuff. That was awesome. How many of y'all were out there at the storage unit yesterday? Anybody? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on, I see no someone. Let me ask you a question. Was I lifting boxes? Was I lifting heavy stuff? Was I limping? Come on, was I climbing up on stuff? Was I manning up? Was I beasting up? Where's Alan? Somebody get Alan Anderson back in here. Ask him, was I beefing up? All right, you know why? You know why? Because what happened to me in 1987, 88, let me tell you something. When God said, I'm gonna make you a compassionate minister, God had to allow my body to be smitten for an entire year. But let me tell you something now. Baby, when this guy right here walks into a hospital room, I walk in as a compassionate minister. Hello, somebody. When I walk into the house of somebody who is sick or bereaved, I walk in as a compassionate minister. You know why? Because God put me on the plow 
his will. And he said, we gotta get some of that pride out of here. We gotta get some of that self-confidence out of here. And we got to beat this boy down so we can make him what we want him to be. So let me ask you right now, where are you? Who are you? What are you going through? And are you on the potter's will? And is he making you what he wants you to be? Listen, it's not going to kill you. Your marriage problems are not going to kill you. Your money woes are not going to kill you. Your physical ailments are not going to kill you. You know why? Because God is faithful. Can I get some of you fellas to come up here and join me on the, on the stage? And We're going to close around the altar in just a minute, but listen now. So, so Jeremiah, he's on the potter's wheel. And Brother Charles, he's getting the daylights beat out of him. People are against him. He's got multiple princes that are going to the king and saying, execute this rascal. So you know what? The, the devil's probably in one ear saying, Jeremiah, better quit that preaching, son. God gonna let you die. He's weeping. He's crying. He's in the pit. He feels like his guts are getting squashed inside of him. But all of a sudden, he says, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. <laughs> Woo! Through the Lord's mercies, <laughs> we are not consumed. Oh, I wish somebody would get that in your spirit right there. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions. Woo! They fail not. They are new. I said they are new. I said they are new. They are new not once a year, not once a month, not once a quarter. I need to talk to some people of God up in the house of God today. They are new every morning. I wish somebody would stand up on your feet and love on the faithful God. Hey. Has he been faithful to you? Hey, they are new every morning. Oh, semicolon. Great is your faithfulness. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice and say, Thank you. Thank you. The enemy's taking his best shot, but God is faithful. Hallelujah. If he's been faithful to you and you're grateful for it today, if you're going through hell and high water, but right now, when I read this verse, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. If when you saw those words, all of a sudden you felt something flip inside your spirit, man, I want you to run down to this altar right now and I want you to let's saturate this thing. Come on, if you want to give God thanks as being faithful in your life, I want you to run down to this altar. Come on, I don't want you walking down. I want you to run on to the Lord. I want you to run on. I want you to run on. Hey. 
Hallelujah. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. I'm in a place of hope. I have hope. I'm a man of hope. I'm hanging out with a people of hope. The devil's taking his best shot at me. He's taking his best shot at my marriage. He's taking his best shot at my wife. He's taking his best shot at my seed. He's taking his best shot at God's plan for me. And here I stand, hallelujah. Here I stand, not because of anything I am, but because God, because God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Somebody just in your own words, in your own way right now, just thank him for his faithfulness. If you need him to strengthen you in your spirit right now, come on, just make yourself transparent and filleted before the Lord God Almighty right here, right now, and let the faithfulness of God be real to you. Come on, guys, lead us in something and let's praise or let's worship him, all right? Woo! I declare this is a place of hope right here around this altar right now for those of you watching online this is not confined to where we are right here but I'm going to tell you right now the anointing brings hope the presence of the anointed one brings hope the anointing lifts the burden destroys the yoke the anointing will heal the anointing will restore the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Come on, tell him, y'all. Great is Hallelujah. Hallelujah. more than you could ever imagine. Y'all sing it again, would you? say this today I'm going to say it without any hesitation 
And I'm going to say it with all boldness. God loves you. Right where you are. If you're serving him, he loves you and he's working in and through your life. You know what? If you are not serving him, he loves you enough. He is still faithful to you. And that faithfulness to you, it may be a prayer your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather prayed. God is committed. He's faithful to even prayer that somebody prayed over you. I'd have been a dead 15, 16, 17-year-old idiot, drunk, driving high, doing stupid stuff if it had not been for people praying for me. God was faithful to me. God was faithful to me. Sarah Williams, he was faithful to me before I even knew what the faithfulness of God was. He loves you. He died on a cross to give his life, to shed his blood so that when you would say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I repent. I lay down everything that you are displeased with in my life. I want to die to it, God, by your grace, by your mercy. Forgive me. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, you pray that prayer and you mean it, you ask God to come into your life. He will come in like a tsunami, y'all. And you will find out what I'm talking about. Again, I'm not saying that you won't ever have a rough day or a rough season in life. But all the way through it, you can hang on to this. Great is thy faithfulness. So Father, I ask you right now. Lord, I want you. Tim Hodge wants you. And I want your anointed. I want to be used by you. I don't want to rely on my own ability. I want to lean on you. And I want your life flow to come out of me. I want your life flow to come out of my voice. I want to see people receive you as their Lord and Savior. I want to see men and women have their spiritual eyes open and realize we needed a dying Savior on a tree to take away our sin because nothing else will work. Good works will never be good enough. So Father, tonight, today, I pray for everybody, whether they're in this building, on this campus, or whether they're online. God, I pray if there's things in their lives, if there are things in their lives that you want them to surrender to you, God, we humble ourselves before you today. And we ask you to forgive us of that sin, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to make us to be the people of God you want us to be in the earth, the people of hope who will walk around in the spite, in spite of the darkest of days or the most perilous of circumstances. We will walk out with our shoulders back, our chest out, and our chin up. And we will boldly say to heaven, God, great is thy faithfulness. Can we sing it one more time, y'all? Come on, congregation, lift your voice today.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is no like you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not. Everybody, oh Lord, everything changes around us, oh Lord God. But you're still the same. You promise, oh Lord God, never leave us, never forsake us. You promise, oh Lord God, to be with us all the days of our lives. Father God, we thank you for never leaving us. We thank you for always being with us, oh Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, because you promise, you promise, oh Lord God, to be with us, and you are with us, oh Lord God. In hard times, in the good times, oh Lord God, you are, you are there for us. Help us, oh Lord God, to realize, oh Lord God, Help us, O oh Lord God, to depend, O oh Lord God, on you. Depend on you, O oh Lord God. Yes. Not what we can do, not what we can reach, O oh Lord God, but on you, O oh Lord God, and you alone. Everything, O oh Lord God, fades away, O oh Lord God. Power fades away. Youth, youth fades away, O oh Lord God. Money goes away, O so Lord God. But you still the same. You never change. Father God, we, O oh Lord God, we need you more than ever. We need you, O oh Lord God, in our lives, O oh Lord God. Father God, forgive us for, for our sins, O oh Lord God. Forgive us for our mistakes, O oh Lord God. Because we are men. And you remember us, O oh Lord God, that we are dust. And we make mistakes. Who doesn't make mistakes? But you still the same, O oh Lord God. You love us when we think, O oh Lord God. When we, when we, when we, when we do, do the wrong things, O oh Lord we still you still love us, O oh Lord God. But we ask you in this moment, O oh Lord God, to forgive us. To forgive us. And thank you for your faithfulness. Because great is your faithfulness. Every morning, O oh Lord God, when we wake up, we can experience, O oh Lord God, new mercies. Because, you, you, because you, your mercies are new every day, every morning, O oh Lord God, upon you people, Lord God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father God, this is a season, O oh Lord God, that we can, we can come into your presence, O oh Lord God, and, and, and give you thanks for everything that you've done. Father God, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, I pray, O oh Lord God, for you people. I declare, O oh Lord God, your grace, your grace, your grace, O oh Lord God, upon them, O oh Lord God, upon their children, upon their children's children, upon the, not, not just this generation, but in 10,000 generations, O oh Lord God, I declare you grace, O oh Lord God. I declare you faithfulness, O oh Lord God. I declare, O oh Lord God, you presence, O oh Lord God. Our children, O oh Lord God, our children, children, O oh Lord God, they're going to stand in the gap, O oh Lord God. They're going to stand, O Lord God, and they're going to worship you. Because great is your faithfulness. Because great is your faithfulness. Father God, when we don't see, O Lord God, the answer, O Lord God, but you still, O Lord God, in control. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I bless you people. I bless your, your people, O Lord God. I bless everything that what they do, O Lord God. I bless them. They're, they're going out. I bless their coming in. I bless their finances. I bless the Lord God. I bless their bodies, O Lord God, and health, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I bless them, O Lord God. Father God, I declare, O Lord God, that we are the head and not the tail. That we are conquerors. 
that we are victorious, that we are more than conquerors, more than victorious through you, O Lord God, who give us the strength. Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father God, when we go out these doors, O Lord God, Father God, this joy, this, this, uh, this, uh, this feeling that we have today, O Lord God, in this moment, it doesn't have to go away when we go out because you is still the same. Because your faithfulness, O Lord God, is right here in our houses, in our, in our, in our cars, O Lord God, everywhere we go, Lord God. Father God, I dismiss your people, Lord God, your, your people, Lord God. And I declare you blessings, of, of, of Lord God, upon them. And when trouble comes, oh Lord God, I declare, oh Lord God, that you going to strengthen them. That you, your peace, the peace that pass all understanding will be upon them, oh Lord God. You Holy Spirit, oh Lord God, will be upon, around, in every way, oh Lord God, with them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory for who you are. You are God. You are God. The only God. The only God. The one who, the one true God. You are our strength, our hope, our savior, our provider, our protector, our everything. The great I am. You are God. I bless you people, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Then amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are dismissed.